It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to Heart Shift Radio. This is a podcast where you'll learn to shift your heart, shift your thoughts, and shift your life. And I'm Marcy Newman, the Heart Shift Coach. I'm an intuitive energy healer, and using my own heart-shifting process, I help people who struggle with change. Specifically, I help people find their inner peace, the strength and courage to change, and teach them how to forgive and let go of the past. I help people recognize beliefs and patterns no longer serving them and the dense energy keeping them from fully reaching their potential. I also teach them how to recalibrate that energy and harness it into a complete self-love lifestyle. HeartShift Radio is all about self-love and the processes that it takes to get there. And I'm honored to share my expertise, but also my space today with a very special guest. So today, listen up, ladies. I have a women's dating coach extraordinaire. I have with me Evan Mark Katz, and he's billed as a personal trainer for smart, strong, successful women. So pull your chairs up. You're going to really hear some important info today. And he's been helping singles since 2003. He's the author of four books, most recently, Believe in Love, and has been featured in hundreds of media outlets, including Today, The New York Times, and CNN. In 2016, Evan's blog got over 10 million readers, and over 1,000 women have graduated from Love You his six-month video course that helps women understand men and find love. Boy, that sounds like the impossible. Evan is very happily married and lives in Los Angeles with his wife and their two children. So welcome, Evan. I am thrilled to have you here. And I have to say, my guess is that our audience is thrilled that you're here too. So I, I appreciate the warm in, introduction, and um, I, I was so, I mean, I'm glad to be here because I was so impressed with you when we previously met. We said we, we have to do a return engagement, so yes. I, I'm really glad you followed through with me so we could have this conversation. Yes. So I'd actually like to begin our conversation with a very important question for you. I'm what, listening. What's a nice Jewish boy like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> Um, oh my I, I, gosh I, I, like what a, what did your mother say <laughs> i'm not sure if that's a rhetorical question or not uh, are you asking me to tell you how i got here or I, yes, a I want to hear how did you get here of all you know the the professions that i imagine that your mother probably had outlined for you how did you get to be this dating coach for women around the world? Um, try to do the short version because I know people probably want to get to the content rather than the biography. Yeah. Although, although it's so interesting though, please share it. I, 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 there, there is, I mean, it, I, I think I approach it from that very typical male way, which is cutting to the chase where mm-hmm. we tend to enjoy the details and the journey a little bit more. So maybe I'm, I'm imposing my own impatience on the audience, but um, I, I came out to Los Angeles I, I, uh, in 1996, 21 years ago. Uh, I was in college. I was supposed to be a lawyer. I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. I would rather be a mediocre comedy writer. Mm-hmm. And I, I became one. Uh, and I moved to L.A. to, to uh, write sitcoms and screenplays and, and uh, came really, really close, you know, Matt Damon, you know, uh, in Project Greenlight in 2001, gives me his phone number and says, hey, be in touch, use me as a resource. Um, and I never heard from Matt Damon again. Mm. At age 30, I, I had nothing. Um, I was one of those sort of 
you know, type A most likely to succeed people. And I put everything I had into a career that, that uh, didn't reward me. And I don't blame anybody else for it. But at age 30, I, I, I had nothing. And uh, I got a job temping, essentially answering phones at an online dating company in Beverly Hills called JDate. And after nine months of listening to people complain on the phone about online dating, I said, oh, my God, I, I, I got to write a book about this. And so in 2003, I wrote a book called I Can't Believe I'm Buying This Book, The Common Sense Guide to Successful Internet Dating. And uh, at the time, it, it was when online dating was going mainstream. And for the first time in my career, I got I got lucky. Wow. With, and I uh, got a nice review in Time Magazine, which led to features in USA Today and CNN and the next thing I knew, I dropped out of film school where my backup plan was to become a, a screenwriting professor. Um, and I built a business writing people's online dating profiles called East Cyrano in 2003. And um, uh, over the years, it's just evolved where at a certain point I realized 80% of the women who were turning to me, people who were turning to me for help were women. Um, I didn't court women. Uh, men need help. They just don't ask for it very much, unfortunately. Mm. And so um, through no sort of doing of my own, just by being a, a consistent writer, um, I went from online dating profile writing guy to online dating coach to dating coach to relationship coach. And my personal experience very much uh, paralleled what I was coaching other women through to the point where when I got married in 2008, after about five or six years of doing it, it gave me a real point of, of clarity about what I should be teaching women. And so uh, I got rid of online dating coach and sort of universal dating coach for men and, and realized that my niche niche was helping the women who had everything but the guy mm -hmm. get what they deserved. And um, uh, that's been my focus since 2010, seven years now. And uh, so coaching for 15 years uh, with my wife for 10, and um, excited to share what I've learned along the way. Yeah, well, we're so excited to have you here. And one of the reasons I asked you to talk about your story is that I know for um, myself, a lot of times um, people, people need to know that we're human beings. And we've, as coaches, have gotten to where we are a lot because of our experiences. And we have tremendous wisdom to share and I want the people listening to know how approachable you are and that's something that I um, felt from you the first time that we met as in our first conversation and I love so much how you just shoot from the hip and that's I think so important and particularly important for women right so like you said yourself we we like all the details where you know, you're coming from this place, a more panoramic view. So it's it's great for us to be able to get that perspective. So well, again, I, I, I never assume <laughs> what well, I always assume that everybody, everybody who's listening wants to. Well, how does this apply to me? Right. How does this affect me? Mm -hmm. And um, I probably devalue the humanizing aspect of it or the speak honestly, shoot from the hip aspect yeah. of it. I think I just take it for granted. It's, it's, you know, it's my personality. So it's, yep. I, I don't see the, see the need to uh, beat my chest about it. Well, it comes through and I have to tell you, it's really refreshing. Well, so I've invited you here today because um, I really want to put a lot of focus into helping people to understand. And for today, we're talking, I think, particularly about women about the whole concept of forgiveness and relationships and its impact. So one of the things that I'd like to know is how often in your coaching, by the way, Evan, do you mind if I just ask, do you do private coaching or do you do group coaching? What, what do you offer to people? Um, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I offer probably more free advice than, than anybody on the whole internet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I have, a, again, a blog that has 1,200 posts over the past 10 years, so you could get an education for free, uh, mm -hmm. and if, if you just choose to enjoy it that way, that's fine. I have my own podcast called The Love You Podcast, which has about uh, 90 episodes. Uh, 
uh, I have a newsletter. You subscribe to my website. I'll send you uh, emails twice a week indefinitely. Uh, and then for people who want more um, ebooks, audio courses, video courses, group coaching, and private coaching. So essentially, wherever you are, depending upon your needs and how much personal attention you want, there is a solution for you. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Um, all right, so let's dive in. How often does a topic of forgiveness come up in your coaching? Never. Never. And, that, and that, that's why I was so excited that you were taking up the mantle for that. Yeah. Um, because it's one of those things. It's it's your it's your uh, buzzword. I don't want you know. I don't want to take it from you. Sure. Mine in my love you course is humility, and it's another thing nobody ever talks about. Mm, when I it love comes it. To forging a relationship, we're all focused on what we want and what we deserve and what he's bringing to the table, and we very rarely take take stock of our own flaws and how lucky we are that anybody puts up with us. At least that's my take on it. And once I figured out the humility piece, mm -hmm. everything became really easy. Oh, my wife is the only one who's ever put up with me. That's no small feat. Yeah. And it took me my whole life to figure out that once you added humility into the mix, I was a really, really good husband. Without humility, I was, I was arrogant and selfish. And so, uh, the fact that you brought up forgiveness and that's that's your focus, I I, I don't know how to contribute to the conversation because it's not, I, I don't know, I've never really thought about it as its own subject. I can only sort of extemporaneously share what I observe in mm -hmm. my clients and my own relationship. But I'm excited for this conversation because it's not like I'm going to be on autopilot. Right. I've never I've never really thought about it that much before. So I think, first of all, it's very interesting that it's never come up in, in your conversations with your clients, um, because I know for myself that I, 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 I come across people all the time who have such difficulty in letting go of sort of the residue from their past experiences, particularly their past relationships. So... When I, I use the term forgiveness, I think it's an umbrella term, all right? I think it's a term that is, it indicates that there might be a process that we can integrate into our work, but I think it is an umbrella. I think it's about letting go and being able to identify what's really preventing us from moving forward. How about you? Um. Uh, I would, I would concur. And as I'm thinking this through, I, I think, I think, right. You and I are in similar businesses. Mm -hmm. We have our comparative strengths and weaknesses. And uh, to me, you're doing something that very few people are doing, which is why it has value. I'd like to think that I have unique value because I don't, I don't pretend to be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I, I don't spend too much time on, your past trying to put together the pieces of your relationship with your dad or what the, the, the residue of your divorce. It's not that it's irrelevant. It's that whoever comes to me needs help. And um, I'd rather work in the present and in the future. Okay, here you are now. However you got here, it's not that it doesn't matter, but we're not going to dwell on it. We're going we're gonna to give you best practices to succeed in dating today, regardless of how you came to me. Um, and when something's out of beyond my pay grade, someone's dealing with early childhood trauma, you know, I won't, I won't, I won't help her. Right? Like I'm, I'll refer her to someone else who handles that kind of thing. Uh, I'm a dating coach for people who are ready to date, mm -hmm. um, not for people who uh, are weighed down by the baggage of a lifetime of disappointment by men. Um, again, I just try to stay in my lane. Well, I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense, number one. And, and quite frankly, it's very reassuring to me to know that you have these boundaries and you know the parameters that you want to work in. I think that's really valuable. But what do you do when people do have resistance to being able to integrate your coaching with creating what it is that they want to create. I mean, surely that must come up in your conversations. 
that, that, listen, that's, that's, the, that's the limitations, right? Again, mm -hmm. um, the same way and without knowing what you do, but, but I have so many friends in this space and they're law of attraction people or they're psychologists or uh, marriage and family therapists or you know, everybody kind of has their thing. But most people that I've encountered are people who are either therapists or gone through therapy who are working a lot on people's past. And there are very few people who say, what do I do when a guy texts me? Or how do I write a great online dating profile? Or how do you handle sex on the third date? Mm -hmm. right? very, very few people who are focusing on the practical nuts and bolts of dating. So that's sort of where I've carved out my specialty is in helping people navigate the ups and downs and minefields of dating, online dating, texting, sex, dating multiple men, uh, et cetera, where there are no shortage of people who are better than I am and more learned and experienced than I am at the working on your piece thing. So uh, it's not that they're, you know, they're up shit's creek if they turn to me and they have problems. Nobody's come to, no one comes to me because everything is fine and dandy, but you know, and I know there are people who've got, you know, the baggage that you could fit in the overhead and there's the people who, you know, you need a tractor trailer. Mm -hmm, sure. So do you coach people who have, who have only worked with their baggage issues? In other words, their um, belief system is still, you know, associated to trauma of the past. Do you work with those people or do you, do you recommend really that they work with others? I don't think it's black and white, Marcy, okay. um, in that when, when someone comes to me that is not a good fit, we'll do, you know, a, a free introductory call and we'll say, you know, for private coaching, right? If you can sure. buy an ebook or take a course online, but for private coaching, I have no trouble uh, turning, turning someone, a client to another resource who's, who's a better fit for them at that time. But as I said, that's a very black and white worldview for me. Mm -hmm. Most people can benefit from what I'm offering, even if they have some measure of unresolved baggage um, about their past. And I, you know, I, I do an intake call and I, I take notes on everything that, that people share with me about their past. I ask about their, their parents' relationship and their relationship with their parents and what they were like in high school. And it's not like we're devoid of it. Uh -huh. it's, uh -huh. just, it's just uh, a smaller piece of what I do and a larger piece of what other people do. So I just see myself as having a, a complementary fit to most of the people in the dating and relationship industry. So when you're helping people to define or to create the foundation for what you might consider a healthy relationship um, or a sustainable relationship, how much of that is based on um, is based on just what it is that they that they want to create that they want to have and do you ever sort of instill certain aspects of what you've come to know is very foundational for a sustainable and loving relationship sure that, i mean that's a, a Great question and a relatively big can of worms. It is, um, I know, my, but I know you're a big man, so let's go. <laughs> no, I don't mind it. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid. I know it's an interview, but I'm afraid. I'm, I have a sort of natural inter internal ticker. I'm afraid of dominating the conversation. Um, it we you know, we want to hear from you. No, I, I know. I just I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm doing more talking. So, um, uh, my my. Signature course is called Love You. It's a six-month curriculum. Uh, the last three months of Love You are all about relationships. Uh, month four is understanding men. Month five is relationships. And month six is commitment. And a lot of this stuff is built into there. Um, what I do, which I would guess most people in the self-help industry do, is reverse engineer something from a place of success. Uh, what works, what doesn't. And I, I, I try to remove emotion from it, even though emotion's a part of it. But emotions can really lead us astray. 
Um, emotions is, is, is how, you know, are how people end up in their false story about how the world works and how bad men are and how untrustworthy they are and how unworthy they are. And that's a very emotional view, um, but it's not, it's not true and it's certainly not the full picture. So I've been very fortunate to have, through a decent amount of work, created uh, an idyllic partnership. Uh, you know, you meet my wife and I, we are the happiest little couple. I've had a reality TV producer saying, you know, can we film you? I was like, there's, there's literally nothing to see here. This is like drama-free central. So that's awesome. I, I look at what we have, which again, is not one size fits all. It's not for everybody. I'm not patting myself on the back. It's 300 dates before this. So there's a lot of failure before I got here. I look at what we have and I say, all right, we're both good people. I'm going to presume everybody I'm talking to is good people, women, men. We're going to assume the best of people because my wife and I are good people. We're different. We have conflict. We're human. But how we navigate conflict is really extraordinary. And I basically say, here's what works. And I've done no shortage of practice, study, reading on it. It's not like it's just coming out of my ass. Here's what works. Do this and you'll see success. So it's closer to cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, if you implement the suggestions I give you, you will see a commensurate, a commensurate difference in your love life. So uh, you talk about an umbrella, you talk about forgiveness as an umbrella. I use confidence as an umbrella. Mm. If you have confidence, it's gonna change the way, it's gonna change every interaction you have, Marcy. It's gonna change the way I talk to you on this phone call. And the way people perceive me, it's going to change the way I write an email. It's going to change the way I handle things in the bedroom. It's the way going to change the way I handle conflict. If you come from a place of confidence, it's very, very different than coming from a place of insecurity. So I put the umbrella of confidence over everything. And if if I could distill all of my coaching into one sentence, what would a confident woman do? Right? What would a confident woman do? Do that. Even if you're not feeling it, do that. And guess what? People are going to receive you as a confident woman. And you're going to have healthier boundaries. You're going to be treated with respect. You're going to be treated with adoration. Right? When a woman carries herself with confidence, the world conforms to the way she sees herself. Right? And if you're coming from a place of mistrust, insecurity, because I've gone out with jerks before, Right. So I'm going to make them prove that they're not jerks to me. Right. You understand the anxious attachment style. Sure. You find a lot, a lot of anxious women. Right. Who gravitate to avoid men who shouldn't be in a relationship with anybody. And they play out that little psychodrama in every relationship. And a normal secure guy doesn't stand a chance against the ghost of the bad men who came before him. So I always say trust is something that is not earned. It's given. We start with it. People, men are innocent, not you know, until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent. So I, I totally get that. And I think what was coming to my mind is, you know, when you have someone who does have that immediate association, what I've come to understand in my practice is that it's always something that is associated with the past that needs to be either immediately... Um, addressed and the false belief of it identified. Um, and then of course that, that let go, right? So that the person can take this new perspective and move forward. So if you don't mind, I'd like to get back to the wonderful relationship that you have with your wife and ask you if there aren't times that the as you said, so much of what you teach and what you do and how you coach is based on more a cognitive behavioral um, shift. But, and it of course sounds to me also like you have a lot of emphasis on communication because that certainly requires direct communication in being able to do that. But aren't there times in your own relationship where because of a miscommunication or a misperception of the communication where you have been hurt or your wife has been hurt and 
and there has been a call for letting go of some false perception that's associated with that? Um, hmm, I'll figure out how to answer this. Uh, we have never had a big issue in our entire marriage. We have had moments like any couple. When you're a couple, there's a hundred tiny decisions to make a day. Mm-hmm. Any one of them, if you have different needs, uh, could could cause conflict. So, um, again, I don't want to distort things. Mm-hmm. We're, we're normal human beings. But if I'm going to give any, again, blanket advice to anybody who's listening, the first thing I would say is choose a good partner. <laughs> Instead of choosing a partner who's fundamentally broken that you have to fix and deal with the consequences for the rest of your life. Why is it any more sensitive? Well, he was never sensitive. He wasn't sensitive in the two years you were dating. He wasn't going to become more sensitive after you married him. Sound so, advice. <laughs> so, so choose wisely, right? Mm-hmm. Give, give someone a long time to reveal who they are. So I chose a wife who's fundamentally a happy person, mm-hmm. who's fundamentally an easygoing person, flexible, fun, I, she, she, I call her the type O wife. Anybody could marry her, they'd be happy. Mm. So I chose someone who by her very nature is just objectively good people. I never have to doubt her character. Now, she's flawed. She's she's a bad time manager. She's late. She's, you know, she's a hoarder. Uh, she spends a long time packing and getting ready for parties. And she's slow. <laughs> um, and that, that, causes most of the conflict in our entire relationship. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, and it's a John Gottman statistic, what do they say? 70% of fights within relationships are recurring fights. Yeah. So the question is, how are we going to deal with it? Right? There's virtually nothing new under the sun. And if there's ever a fight, it's, it, it's again, for us, it's probably some version of the same thing. So once you understand, hey, we're in it, we're married. We got two kids. We own a house. You're the, I think she's the best person I've ever met. Nothing can break us apart. So with that foundation, Marcy, what is there to negotiate? There's, there's no point in being right. Ultimately you have to get along. So I've, we've never gone to bed mad. We've never had makeup sex. I know that's crazy, but we haven't. If you know, I, there are there are some who would say, "Poor you," but go I ahead. Say, I'm sharing. I, that's because I have so little conflict because yeah. I chose a great wife. Mm-hmm. And if I ever put my foot in my mouth because I am being critical or impatient, which are my flaws, if I put my foot in my mouth and make my wife feel bad, I apologize within thirty seconds. That's that. You talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Right. My wife gives me a permanent mulligan. That's in my Why He Disappeared book. Got to give men a lot of mulligans. They're not going to get it right. But if they're good men, they really want to please you. And I think it's one of the fundamental things that that often gets lost in relationships is men. If if he's your boyfriend, he wants to make you happy. And if he's not making you happy, it's probably a crime of ignorance, not of malice. There's no normal boyfriend who's like, how do I upset my girlfriend? How do I piss her off? How do I hurt her self-esteem? How can I be insensitive to her? It's basically two different people who have two different needs and two different communication styles and two different sets of baggage. But once women learn to give men the benefit of the doubt, he's a good guy, he loves me, he's doing the best that he can, and you come to it through that prism, everything becomes a lot more forgivable. Okay, so we heard the word, forgivable. Um, My wife forgives me all the time. (laughs) So then maybe I need to interview her because... (laughs) But but I'm the one who asks for forgiveness, right? Oh, that is so key, Evan. I don't... don't, Basically, the thing that makes anybody crazy in a relationship, and again, I'll be gender neutral about it, but... And again, forgive the language. But if a woman's being crazy and acts like she's not being crazy, mm-hmm. it drives men crazy. Yeah. And if a man's being an asshole and doesn't own the fact that he's being an asshole, it drives women crazy. So we all have to own the fact that we're 
a little selfish, we're a little short-tempered, we're a little blind. And if we can just take responsibility, have the humility to take ownership of our Michigas, right? Now we have the foundation of a good relationship. 95% of it is a breeze. The 5% where there's friction is easily negotiable. I love what you just said because you really encapsulated what forgiveness is really all about. And I think so many times the, the issue is, is that there's so much confusion about the word and, and complete misperception. But I think you nailed it. The whole, the whole stance of humility, fantastic. Because when you can see yourself as you truly are and how you're affecting someone else and, and, and really embrace the humility to address that, that's key. But you also mentioned taking responsibility. And from my perspective, that's probably the, the most difficult challenge for people in the whole forgiveness process. And it's just taking responsibility, you know, being accountable for one's own self. And that ownership of who we are when we show up in a relationship makes all the difference in the world. So I think you really nailed it in terms of really what forgiveness is all about, because it's an ongoing process of exchange between, between either two people or a situation or a complete misperception, or there can be so many different circumstances, but it's always an exchange. And there is always an aspect of responsibility and accountability that's part of it. Well, and it sounds to me like, you know, you and your wife have, have done a tremendous job of the exchange of that. We're, we're good complementary pieces. Yeah. Uh, which, again, doesn't forgive her flaws nor mine, my mm -hmm. flaws. Uh, nor suggests that we're perfect, that that uh, or or that we don't have have conflict. N none of the above. I would say we probably have less conflict than other people uh, because we're we're very well matched, and my wife is an easygoing person in general. Mm -hmm. She lets things roll off her back, doesn't carry around grudges, doesn't let the past affect the present. She's really super that way. But my part in it is that I am because of this work that I do. It makes you really hyper-conscious. Sure. You can't, you can't walk around and be a hypocrite. You can't preach patience and forgiveness and tolerance and humility and not, to some degree, walk that walk. So I just want to add a, a two, two pieces. When, when, you were, when you were putting a finer point on what I said, um, you have to start from a place of unconditional love. Mm. That's, that's the anchor is wow. unconditional love. And if you know that your relationship is unbreakable, right? It's the, think of it as a, the bond between mother and daughter, right? It's, it's unbreakable. This isn't going anywhere. So no problem is something you can sweep under the rug because you're going to be talking to that person the next day. I mean, so you don't sweep stuff under the rug. The relationship is unshakable. It's not going anywhere. So all you can do is say, how are we going to deal with this? And from that place, our foundation is firm. Nothing's going to cause us to get divorced. Nothing's going to cause us to go overboard and threaten or call names. We are solid. From there, it's instead of pointing fingers, how could we solve problems? It's a we, right? This happened. You did this. I got upset. I did this. You got upset. Let's each own our upset on our reactions. And what can we do to clean this up quickly mm -hmm. so it doesn't linger? So yeah. again, I, don't, I haven't read that in any, you know, in any any book. It's just the thing that I've learned in, in in ten years with my wife works extremely well. Is I'm the one who's more likely to cause problems because I'm more intense, driven, opinionated type A. Mm -hmm. So I'll cause more problems, right? But unlike a lot of other alpha-ish guys, I have the humility to realize when I'm being the problem and quickly turn around and say, honey, I'm sorry. And instead of 
it's it's okay. Yeah. And it's over. So it it sounds to me like, as I said before, that whole exchange of forgiveness is one where it's almost become an automatic science for you. Like you forgive yourself in that second and say, please forgive me to your wife. And your wife says, yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. The alternatives, Marcy, are worse. Yeah, the they are. The alternatives is she reads me the riot act every time I do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel bad. Sure. Reminds me that I'm a failure as a husband, as a father, as a, right? Like, what if the, we just try to dispose of it as quickly as possible instead of unearthing everything that could go wrong and dragging things out and blowing things up. Our fights are isolated to what just happened. Let's put out that fire, fire's over, let's move on. And, and I, I, I'm not kidding. Our fights are over in 30 seconds or one minute because I say I'm sorry, she says okay, and we just go back, we just get back on track. So what I'm hearing you say, which I think is so profound and such an incredible message for all of our listeners to hear, is that if you are developing the consciousness to know and to realize and to feel how you are showing up at any given moment, you can recognize the impact that you are having on that other person or the situation. And based upon your ability to dig deep, to have that humility, to take responsibility and ownership, to be tolerant, to be patient, and to, and to remember that the ultimate goal is to feed the relationship, not break the relationship down, then what you're suggesting is that under those circumstances that there isn't even a cause for forgiveness to be questioned. That's about right. It's more eloquently than I've ever stated it, but that's, that's about right. I think uh, it's amazing. And what an amazing and powerful message for people. I think in any given situation, listen, there, there, there are existential problems, right? That, that threaten the marriage. Um, he's a, He's a chronic drinker, chronically unemployed, or has anger and abuse issues. I mean, I mean there's big things, and mm-hmm. that's a greater cause for d- divorce than for forgiveness. But in the normal minutia of getting along with a, with a trusted partner, you have two choices in any situation, right? Fan the flames and yep. get the, make things worse, or douse the flames. Just right. pour water on it and fix it. Yeah. And the easiest way to pour water on a, 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 a fire that's about to go out of control is to take ownership. So sort of, if I've upset my wife, it doesn't matter what happened. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, like it, it doesn't matter whether I, I'm 90% right. I'm still sorry for the 10%. Sure. And sorry for the impact that it's had on the relationship in that moment. Yeah, there's a wonderful book um, by Dr. Jamie Turndorf called Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. I love that. Yep. And uh, I, I, I teach it in my Love You course. Uh, I'm you know, friend, friendly with the author. Um, and it's just a formula for how to have a relationship discussion with your guy. As she says, women are the caretakers of relationships, for better or worse. Here's how you have a conversation with a guy so he listens to you mm-hmm. instead of tuning you out and shutting you down. And the biggest mistake most women make, right? And again, this is not necessarily uh, gender specific, but this is a book for women, applies to men as well, um, is that assuming the autonomic nervous system is is a real thing, which it is, a fight or flight mechanism, the second you attack a guy, he's gonna do one of two things. He's gonna pull away and shut down, or he's gonna fight back. Sure. You've ever noticed that when you attack a guy, Brad, you're such a jerk. You were out until two in the morning and you didn't even text me. When you leave with that, he's going to do one of two things. I don't want to have this conversation, get off my back, or fighting back in anger. Sure. So it's how you approach him with the your concern that's going to get him to listen. It's not whether what he did was wrong. Let's assume he was wrong. But if you start with the attack, there's nowhere to go. You've already lit the match. Well, I'll tell you something. I think that that is really, really incredible advice. And that is um, 
And also just to bring to people's awareness that it's all a choice. I mean, what you're describing is that it's so important to develop this conscious awareness so that you're the one who's making choices and you're proactive in what you're creating rather than being reactive to everything. And the power to mitigate the issues really lies in your ability to show up and be present with yourself so that you can be present in the relationship. I, I think that's so incredible. I love the advice that you've given. Things are as big a deal as you make them. Yeah. And um, I, I, tend, I tend to see big picture instead of small picture. I, I'm, and again, this is a flaw of mine. I'm, I'm not afraid of conflict. Uh, you know, people will sometimes find me abrasive because I don't mind talking about religion. I don't mind talking about politics and I don't mind offering my opinion because if we disagree, so what? Right. I, I'm really fine. And I think it comes, I come from a very secure base, you know, Jews arguing over dinner. Like I really don't mind disagreement very much, much. I don't take it personally. I don't get angry. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I'm fortunate that I have a, a wife that largely accepts that part of me. So, um, differences of opinion or teasing passive aggressive jokes, even right. Dangerous. You know, yeah. She'll, she'll tease me about how I can't put anything together with my hands and how I get injured, you know, you know, lifting a cup of coffee. <laughs> so those are true. And it's something she could tease me about. And I need the outlet of being able to tease her about being, you know, slower than a turtle with a parachute. Right. If I couldn't say that, I'd be kind of walking on eggshells my whole life. Sure. So we can kind of own who we are. We know it. We joke about it. It's not going anywhere. Yes, we will get inflamed and get into conflict over these age-old issues. But on the big existential things, gosh, uh, you know, we just there's there's never been a moment where I thought we should break up. There's never been a moment where I thought I could do better. Uh, it's always, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and I'm going to do everything I can to preserve this relationship. And how do you preserve a relationship? Well, how do you preserve a garden? you, you got to water it. Sure. You know, you would, you would use this um, term before, and you sort of uh, passed over it very quickly, but it, it really jumped out at me. And that was the fact that you um, were referring to your wife as a trusted partner. And I can feel the power of that, the strength of that, and the truth of that. And getting back to our conversation about forgiveness, I think one of the issues that um, I most like to, um, to address is that we have to be able to trust ourselves in order to be a trusted partner in any other circumstance, right? So it comes with, and it sounds to me like you've done a, a really remarkable job, Evan, I have to say, of getting in touch with yourself and knowing who you are and standing in the authenticity of who you are and navigating through life from that place. So if you can trust yourself, then it seems to me like there are so many issues in relationships that simply will not exist because you will be coming from that place of, like you said early on in our conversation, that place of, of confidence and the unshakable, unbreakable bond in a relationship when two people show up like that. Well, you know, that's where it gets a little chicken and egg. Right. Um, and again, that's that, for me, that's the limitations of, of, of my coaching. Um, but if you're coming from a secure base, um, if you really like yourself and you know your partner is a, is a good person, mm -hmm. right? I just really like my wife doesn't have a bad bone in her body. Yeah. Uh, and I have a bad bone in my body. Uh, it doesn't mean either of us are perfect, but right. we're, we're, we're good, fundamentally good people where there's no doubt zero doubt that we want the best for each other, for our marriage, for our kids. There's, you know, selfishness doesn't really play here. So I chose a partner who's like that. She chose a partner who's like that. That was step one. <laughs> then everything becomes relatively easy from there. So 
I think the hard part is when you choose the wrong partner and yes. then you have back into, okay, so now I have to navigate this, but I don't really trust my own judgment and I don't really trust his either. And I mean, it, it, now you're in this sort of perpetual downward spiral uh, yes. because you didn't get the first step right, which was choosing the right partner. And I think that's why I'm so focused on, in Love You, on learning a radical new way to evaluate men. Mm. And, it's not, and it's based on character, kindness, consistency, communication, commitment, not on height, weight, age, income, religion, education, right? How is this a good man? How does he treat me? How does he follow up? How do I feel in his presence? How do we navigate conflict? Because you could have the picture perfect man, but if you don't fight well together, you're toast. Sure. No, I think so, that's really sound advice. So yeah, I can't always take an insecure person who has a history of abuse, verbal abuse, being cheated on by men, and wave a magic wand and make her a secure woman who trusts men. I can tell her how to, at the very least, weed out the bad guys so as not to waste time on them, and at least choose from the pool of good men, right? And and when you're in, when you're drawn to the bad boy selfish, charismatic, avoidant type, a, a, a nice guy can hit you over the head with a two by four. You wouldn't even give him the time of day. It's true. That's the hard part is people yeah. don't even know. I was confused when, when my relationship with my wife in the first six months, I thought something was wrong. I didn't know <laughs> things could be so easy. This can't be right. I must have the wrong answer on this paper because, it, you know, it was like this complex quadratic equation and I solved it in one second flat and I was like, that can't be right. I must check my math. And in fact, it was right because I chose the right person. And when you choose the right person, all this stuff that I'm talking about is kind of easy. I think that's wonderful. And it, it reminds me actually of uh, uh, a statement that my, that my son made. And he said, marriage is easy. You just have to remember to put your shoes away when you take them off. Okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. My, my, my quote is, uh, a good relationship is easy. If it's not easy, it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good. I love and, it. Uh, I, a lot of people think they have a good relationship because they're in love. Mm -hmm. But if you're in love and 50% of the time you're fighting, it's actually not a good relationship. That's you right. just, you're just in love. Um, yeah. Being in love with someone is no guarantee of a successful relationship. Otherwise you would be with the person, the first guy you fell in love with. So I, I'm, I'm a big advocate and practitioner of dumping men until you find a relationship that is easy and secure where you don't have to spend so much time thinking about this. It becomes reflexive. Of course I trust him. Of course I'm going to go the extra mile to make sure he's happy. Forgive him when he does something stupid. He's a good person. He's devoted his life to me. There's nothing to negotiate. So perfectly said. Evan, I can't thank you enough. And I think that our listeners are licking their lips. They can't wait to get to your website. Um, can you just give them your information where they can find you, find out more about um, who you are, what you offer, and um, also, tell me a little bit about what's coming up next for you. Uh, forgive me, when is this coming out, Marcy? This is coming out very soon. Beginning very of soon. September, yep. Um, the big thing I have coming up, and this is a really exciting time for me, is that I'm doing a free webinar on Tuesday, September 12th called How to Stop Wasting Your Time on the Wrong Men and Finally Get the Unconditional Love You Deserve. Um, does it sound appealing? It sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is my three best tips on confidence, how to be a confident woman and carry yourself that way in relationships, and how to identify when, you, when you've met the wrong man and how to escape, and how to know when you've met the right man. And all of that is available for free on this webinar on September 12th. Um, at the end of the webinar, it's not a secret, I will be opening up the doors to my Love You program, uh, which has not been available for over a year. Wow. Uh, 
and I'm making the price sort of no brainer low so that every middle class woman who wants to be a part of it can be a part of it. Uh, I'm hoping to get over a thousand people to sign up for Love You in September. Um, that's that's the goal anyway. So uh, join join me. Uh, sign up at www.evanmarkcats.com. Uh, I'll send you free dating and relationship advice uh, via the email. Attend the webinar if you like the webinar. Join me in Love You, uh, where I will teach you everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men, uh, so that you could understand men, find love. And it's only going to take you five minutes a day to to get everything you need to make good relationship choices and never again find yourself wondering what happened, what did I do wrong? Uh, it's sort of just a one-stop shop for dating. It will not heal your past. <laughs> I will tell you that. Sure. It, it will tell you uh, the first month is uh, confidence, second month is meeting men, third month is dating, fourth month is uh, understanding men, then relationships and commitment. So it really just walks you through the entire relationship life cycle, um, soup to nuts. So, and there's a money back guarantee. You have a lifetime membership. It's a really, really, it's my proudest thing. So forgive me for going on and on about it. Wow. That's fantastic. And knowing what you've accomplished so far, all I can say is that that must mean that this is really outstanding. So I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. And for all of our listeners, you can see why Evan is billed as the personal trainer, right, for smart, strong, successful women, because he's really on the mark. So um, Evan, thank you again. It's been absolutely fantastic. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Again, I'm Marcy Newman, your Heart Shift Coach. And by the way, if you need any help in healing that past, um, come and see me. So huge hugs and heart shifts, and I'll see you all next time. Thank you so much, and bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus